Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers There's always so much to discuss Let's jump right in It's LA Clips Forum It's LA Clips Forum With Jesse and Brian Hello Clipper Nation This is the LA Clips Forum I am your host, Brian Andrew I'm here with my co-host Jesse Sandoval, what's up guys? So we do this over Zoom because I don't know if you know this. Uh, Jesse lives in the high desert or he's in North Hollywood and I live in Orange County. And this is the first episode that we're doing in a long time that we're doing the video. So I'm this is the first time in a while that I've looked into Jesse's eyes while I'm recording this podcast. Yeah, it's and, pretty. It's pretty intimate right now. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, yeah, just looking I, I, I'm really enjoying it. This is we we go to a basketball game together, and now we're getting a little bit more intimate. I, I, I get, respect that. I, I I get more of those gorgeous blue eyes, you know. Uh, well, I get to see that beautiful smile. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, we will be talking about the Clipper streak and how it ended, and we'll be going to, into detail about the game we went to. We 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 went to the T Wolves game where they debuted those new jerseys. And then we'll get into some Agua Caliente Clippers talk. So, but first, Jesse. Yes. Did you get a new jersey today? I got my mom one. (laughs) 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 I'm going to get one. Uh, They didn't have a Paul George, and I feel like I should get a Paul George. And they didn't have it in my size, so I'm going to wait for it. But if not, I'm going to get a Kauai one. Uh, Those Kauai ones were available. And yeah, they like, were. I was really surprised, actually. Yeah, I, I think it's just he's he's not playing. But I also thought about it, and I was like, when he does come back and he is going to wear those jerseys, it's going to look pretty clean. Because I don't know, there's there's something about Kawhi that just screamed San Diego, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, so I think I think it's going to be a cool jersey. But I think like everyone's like, hey, this is Paul George's team, and that's why everyone's like, let's get the Paul George one first, and that's why there yeah. wasn't uh, chubby sizes available. <laughs> <laughs> they only had like uh, extra extra small and uh <laughs> well, so i didn't, didn't want to cut off blood circulation you know <laughs> so i decided i'm like all right, i'm gonna get a luke canard jersey and mm-hmm. um because i feel like this is a very luke canard year right you want a jersey that like kind of shows showcases the identity of your team this year and you know obviously it's paul george and i, I think i'll get a paul george one too but for some reason to, to me this year's identity is this is a luke canard uh, year right either we have them in the future or we don't have them in the future this is a very Luke Kennard year because this is where Luke Kennard is my favorite player and I'm buying the jersey <laughs> and I, I put it up to 2x and, <laughs> and it goes up to $15 <laughs> and then I, I I finish it I finish paying for it and it was like 160 something dollars and um, yeah Lucy my dog is upset by that too and um well, let me lucy all right <laughs> great podcast content and i'm i'm buying i go to buy the jersey for 160 something dollars and i'm like that escalated quickly <laughs> like i'm like i don't remember buying a jersey that was almost 200 dollars. if that makes yeah, sense. yeah because the was it the the authentic uh jerseys were like 240 right yeah they're like 240 and then I, th- I believe we saw an Ibaka uh, one on sale for like 120. At the I was game. legit gonna buy it, and <laughs> someone yeah. wanted to take a picture. Like, like, there was a, there was a moment where it was like, huh, why not? 
<laughs> why not? Why I should just buy this jersey. And then some guy was just like legitimately like, hey, I, I want to take this picture. And then like, <laughs> I was like, okay, like he, yeah. he took a picture right like right in front of the Yabaka jersey. <laughs> like buy the jersey if you like the guys. <laughs> <laughs> it literally deterred me from buying that jersey, and I just walked away from that. I was like, you know what? Not worth it. I just got a city edition one, the new one. So whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I want a PG one and I want a Kawaii one, but I feel like. It's so hard because, you know, we said we mentioned in the last podcast, you know, I've I've been a Kawhi fan since, since he's been on the Spurs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think after like the, I forgot what year that was when he uh, when they went against the, the Heat uh, mm-hmm. and beat them, and that's when LeBron LeBron James went back to Cleveland after that. He made me a huge fan, and I just followed his career from there. And I always said that. That's the guy I wanted the Clippers. So I feel like I should get a Kawhi jersey, but but I feel like I should support Paul George, you know? I think that's that's where it's at. I think so. The fact that we have him for 40 more years, or I think we're at that stage where we could be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, Nike.com has the gray jersey of Kawhi for like $70 right now. What? And I'm thinking about getting it. Like, is the gray jersey my favorite? No, but it's it's not like it's that old red jersey with the logo on it. You know, it's not terrible. It just looks like the regular Clipper jerseys, but it's gray. Um, yeah, it's like seventy dollars, and I'm thinking like, all right, I might get that one just to you know have the Kawhi jersey, and yeah. then I'll get a different Paul George one later. But I don't know. I haven't decided yet because I just dropped one hundred and seventy dollars on a Canard jersey. So. <laughs> I've, I've never owned a basketball jersey, like an authentic one or anything that's like NBA authentic. Um, I've only had like the only real jersey I have is the Matt Ryan one, which I feel like Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be super into jerseys growing up when I was a kid. And then I got out of that phase, you know, and and then I have like some random one. Like I have a Johnny Hecker Rams jersey. He's the punter on the Rams. And I have his jersey. Like I feel like there has to be like a hipster way of still having jerseys, in my opinion. And that's that's my way. I got the punter on the Rams. I got I got my boy Lukey, the god of mischief on the Clippers. And so yeah, I'm I'm all about getting the role players, you know. I feel like they don't they don't sell enough jerseys. I don't know if Luke Kennard gets a percentage of that of my of my jersey sale but i hope he gets it <laughs> like maybe no, it's part of the, maybe it's part of his contract you know it's like hey well you know we'll, we'll slide you a certain percentage if you sell jerseys you know i was like yeah he, he hit me up he's like hook me up you know it's like those kids selling chocolate for their fundraiser <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i really want a hardenstein one i know you're trying to sell it to me like during the game like look at look at that jersey dude it's yeah beautiful um Excuse my language, but <laughs> uh, I feel like a, a player should be on a more than one year contract. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man, that's what makes it beautiful because everyone gonna be like, hey, that's the Hartenstein year. Just in case he kills it and moves on after this year, you can be like, hey, that's the Hartenstein year. Like, I kind of regret not getting a Lou Will jersey, and I am leaning toward possibly, like, it feels bad because I feel like I'm going to do this out of um, – hindsight or whatever but like i saw like a patrick beverly jersey on sale the other day on i forgot where it was and i was like really oh, i it's the blue one it's the blue and white oh, one you choose whichever yeah. one you want and i was like you know what like i'm thinking about doing it because but it seems weird that i'm doing it like technically after he's gone mm-hmm. you know i should have done it when he was on the team but you know but 
yeah but it's cheaper so <laughs> <laughs> exactly like <laughs> that, that. uh actually let me take that back because when you said like uh regretting buying a Lou Will jersey I actually have a Lou Will jersey too oh yeah I remember uh, you talking I, about that. yeah I bought it when he got when he got traded and I felt like I should get something that reminds me of that time you know mm-hmm. like that era and um and then he, even hearing like how much the Clippers meant to him like in that interview uh he recently did mm-hmm. um that was like okay even makes it that jersey so much more like uh sentimental i guess you can say i'm not gonna lie to you too i i started looking for lou will jerseys after that interview (laughs) and then i was like i can't find it like yeah there's the fanatics brand one i don't know if you know like the fanatics brand is like it looks like the jersey but it's not the the team still sells the jersey it's not like cheap as in like you got that jersey from like walmart but mm-hmm. it's still not exactly like what like the Nike jerseys look like, and the Nike jerseys are the most accurate looking ones. Yeah, so, um, like they might miss like the side piping or something like that. But, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, um, I guess we should get into the Clipper streak they just had. Uh, it was a great seven yep, game winning a, streak. Um, it was a pretty impressive, not gonna lie. You know, starting one and four, and then winning seven straight—that's all you could ask for, right? Like that's all we wanted. We yeah. were we we were at that point where we were like, man, this might be a tough year. And then we, we won some games last week. We've already talked about some of them. So we'll go to the games that happened just this last week. We played the Hornets, start off slow. Well, some players got some well, some players got hot. And then our defense kicked in. And it seems like in all these games, eventually our defense kicks in. And it, and then I'm gonna throw this out there to, to some people, and you could say I'm wrong, or I don't care if you show me the NBA stats on it either. I feel like our defense kicks in when Clamps Canard is on the court. You know, I don't know what it is. He helps us get back into these games. He does like he, I'll be honest. He hasn't shot uh, the three very well this this week, and I don't. I think there was one game where he was above forty percent or something like that. So it's not like he's been shooting uh, lights out, but he's been efficient. He's been playmaking pretty well, and he's been shutting people down on defense. And I don't care what you say. I don't. You show. You'll probably show me a video after this, saying like, "Look, this is where Luke Kennard got burned on this play." And I'm like, "Nah, didn't happen." <laughs> Take my uh, imagination. Uh, that's some other white guy. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, 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 <laughs> why? Why are you showing me? Uh, Isaiah Harnstein, All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think. Uh, I think uh, Kennard has improved dr- dr- drastically on the defensive end. He's staying in front mm-hmm. of his guys. Uh, he doesn't look lost. Uh, he doesn't. Look, he just looks all around like more comfortable playing defense. You know, I remember we <laughs> talked about in the playoffs when he was a liability. We we're just getting like irritated. It just like he wasn't scoring and he wasn't mm-hmm. playing de- good defense, and it was just very irritating because we realized that we signed him to a new contract right. that was going to take place this season and to see him do well on both ends of the court I'm all for it and I know you're gonna show me stats that say that you know he's not shooting as well but I feel like he's not as shy to shoot as he was before right so and I'm all for it I'm all for him taking more volume like becoming volume shooter because I know he's pretty accurate um so yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I could talk about Canard all day. Um, so we played the Blazers 
it was a back and forth game. I feel like we went on streaks. They went on streaks. Uh, it was a weird telecast because it, it was on NBA TV and then it was blacked out. And then uh, they put on Bally Sports SoCal West or something like that instead of Prime. It was it was super weird. And then I so I got into the game like 10 seconds late. And uh, yeah, I th- it was it was a solid game. It, it just shows like the same uh, never say die. I hopefully I said that right. The the, <laughs> the the cardiac clips, you know, you know, because there's there moments where in this game that you could just be like, you know what, the Blazers are just playing a good game. Let's lay down. Let's play the next one. But it doesn't seem like we're 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 in that that way. And I kind of feel like in the Doc Rivers years we had that right. It was just you know today's just another day. It was just you know, pack it up, try to win the next one. And I feel like we got into that a little bit at the early parts of last year because we're still transitioning into a new coach where we were put in positions where it's like, you know, it's just not our day. But I feels like ever since the playoffs and then going into the season, even when we're not playing well or we're not playing our best basketball, we we don't give up on the game. And Mm -hmm. we try to win the game. We try to at least keep it close. And that's what happened basically all this week against the Heat, not the Wolves. We, We basically destroyed the Wolves. But even the Bulls game we lost it, it just seemed like you know we were never out of it we even took a lead somewhere in the fourth but we were just way too tired on a back-to-back that's just that's just gonna happen but yeah no I, I agree um I was getting really nervous because uh Damian Lillard, Lillard was uh he just started running on a scoring spree <laughs> like he looked like he mm-hmm. could not be stopped and it was uh getting concerning but we managed to squeeze that one. The uh, thing that irritated me in that game was I felt like Paul George got fouled several times and there was no call. Oh, and... that yeah. that's I think that's one of the most frustrating things. I'll sometimes watch a game and think to myself, how much of it is the refs and how much of it is they don't want to give Paul George the call because he's now getting more frustrated. Does that make sense? Like, I feel yeah. like refs tend to be emotional just as emotional as the players are and paul george would be like hey i just got hit right which he did but then the rest would be like all right you know what i'm gonna ignore the next one too because you're you're talking to me now and i don't yeah. know but the thing is eventually you get so frustrated that you're getting hit you have to say something right because i've always felt like when i when i've coached basketball or football or whatever sometimes i'll see something happen and then i'll be like hey ref they're doing this. If I'm not telling you to make a call, I'm just saying, telling you to keep an eye on it. But some refs take that as an offense. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm refing the game. You're not yeah, you're telling me to do my job. Right. Right. Yeah. And I could tell like Paul George is just like, Hey man, they're hitting me. So please do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a, I think I saw like, uh, it was on YouTube. Someone was able to get, get up and get the audio of uh, Paul George talking to the ref and saying like, Hey, you got to see what's happening. Like I'm getting hit in the head and no one's calling it. Like my head doesn't go back for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm just saying, call it fair. I'm not telling you, you know, favorite me or anything like that, but just call right. it as it is. And no, I think it's true. Cause like, you know, we're all humans and some people can be petty. Uh, I know I've been petty in the past <laughs> mm-hmm. when, when someone pissing me off, but um, no, yeah. I remember that game being frustrated on the, on the, officiating in and um it continued on to the miami heat game uh which kyle lowry was 
freaking bawling and pissing me off <laughs> well, yeah. and, and there's just sometimes i don't know i feel like it's a very clippers game to just let like i don't know if it's in the game plan but it's just like hey we're just gonna allow this guy to go off and just continue going off and we're not gonna do too much about it and like oh yeah, that's fine you know <laughs> like yeah uh, maybe they have that that stance like uh, he'll eventually miss and it's it's but it, we made some mistakes at the end of that game uh, we we went down. We had a terrible first quarter, yeah. and then Kennard kind of helped us get back into it. But yeah, that was a tight game too, and that just shows like it's 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 one thing if we're playing bad teams during the streak, and we're and we're barely winning these games, which I was kind of like, eh. you know, like when the streak first started with the Thunder, we barely won that game, and I was like, all right, if this is the team we're gonna have, if we're gonna have a tough year. But we're beating good teams, even if they don't have Jimmy Butler. Well, we don't have Kawhi, you know, so yeah. it's, it's, it is what it is. We'll eventually have Kawhi. You know? <clears throat> no, exactly. The thing that was irritating me was uh, I felt like no one will stay in front of uh, the people guarding Kalari. Uh, weren't staying in front of him and so it looked like they're playing zone so he'll go past them and then next thing you know our center is guarding Kyle Lowry <laughs> like both yeah. Isaiah Hartenstein Zoo and he's just running around zir- circles and then he gets enough spacing and there's yeah. you know there's a floater like or or a fadeaway shot and it was just irritating at, at times but you know kudos to Kyle Lowry I think he's uh he's rejuvenated in the heat team uh, I, I on the C so team uh, and we both knew that this team this team wasn't going to go down easy even without Jimmy Butler so yeah I agree and they're a good team regardless you know Jimmy, Bam Bam's feel, a great player yeah it's, I feel like Jimmy Butler is more of a piece than the guy you know because I feel like you can make the case Bam's the guy you know or Tyler Hero's the guy you know like you can make the case you you make the case Uh, it's funny because like right now when I said his name like is that his first name like because there's (laughs) there's plenty of players that like I I see every day on tv or something or on microphone but then when I have to say their name out loud I'm like wait is that their real first name um yeah uh we fought in that game came back won, and then in the T-Wolves game uh, I have I have a I have a take about the T Bulls game, and we were at okay. this game. I feel like we blew them out, which was good because we got to sit out a lot of players. But when you start sitting some players or you start getting a lead of some sort, you tend to take your foot off the pedal, and it's fine because we still maintain a good lead. But then you're not playing in rhythm like you have been and then now you're not playing in rhythm for like an entire half and then you're gonna have to go play um sorry my i got like an update on my computer uh you're out of rhythm and then you're now playing a back-to-back where you're kind of tired so now you're playing the bulls when the last half of basketball you played was out of rhythm and you're tired and you're playing one of the best teams in the East. And I think that's what kind of led to us losing to the Bulls. And it's mm-hmm. so like in a way, I'm not gonna tell a team not to blow out another team. And I'll admit I enjoyed watching the blowout in person. But I do <laughs> but I but I do feel like we got out of rhythm in, at the end of the T Bulls game and then we went into a Bulls game the next night. And it just that's why we were kind of slow and sometimes the ball looked very stagnant on offense. And that's that's my take. Yeah, I remember you and I had this conversation about 
And one thing I get kind of concerned about is when we uh, when we coast and we put in like third string players, and then I get I get I get kind of concerned when they start mounting a comeback and like you know at that point they already have a rhythm. They're like, mm-hmm. is it hard to? It's pretty hard to stop once you you know integrate your starters back in. I know Doc used to do that a lot, <laughs> yeah. um, but I thought the rest would be helpful towards our helpful towards the next game. But uh, it seems like the Bulls are just a lot more rested. They're they're more rested, and they're a really good team. Like we said, I think we had an earlier discussion about like how Demar Derozan has reminded everyone of how talented he is on the offensive end because he was on a Spurs team that obviously your star players don't really have uh, media attention. And mm. he played, he played a different role in the Spurs. He was um, a playmaker there and he was doing extremely well as a playmaker. I wanted him on the Clippers. When there was rumors that he wanted to be a Clipper, I was excited about it because oh, I, I felt too. like I was, I was, I saw what he did with the Spurs, and you add the offensive game to it. I'm I'm sold. You know, like if we had if, if we had that mid range game on our team, that would be a beautiful thing to watch. Um, uh, but yeah, he went off against this game. He went off in this game. Like he was hitting shots. He was hitting tough shots. And and, and if the Lakers didn't pick up Russell Westbrook, uh, and they had some, <laughs> and they had a little bit more cap space, you know, yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. It was like, uh, you know, you know, you need a playmaker <laughs> that can, they can, they can play with the ball. So give LeBron James some rest at times. Uh, and you go for Westbrook, who can do either of those. Can't play off, <laughs> can't, play, he, he can't just, shoot, can't yeah. pass. He's just uh, all shoulders, dude. That's what, what uh, Russell Westbrook is. He's just all, sh- he's all shoulders. He just jumps really high and just shots like a, he just shoots yeah. a straight line. Yeah. And, if you think about it, the the trickle down effect of that is you you end up losing Alice Caruso, right? You don't have enough money to bring in what is considered, a, in my yeah. opinion, one of the best role playing two way players, right? Like he plays decent enough on offense for you to respect him, but he's a great defender. I think he's leading the NBA in steals at the moment, I, unless like something's changed since the last time I looked at the stat. And is and I have this take is. We were the thing about the Clippers right now, especially since last year. I want to say before last year, but since last year, I feel like the Clippers have one of the best developmental programs in the NBA. Maybe I'm biased because I focus on the Clippers, and maybe I'm not focusing on some of these other developmental programs. But, um, we'll get into the Aga Calante Clippers in a bit on how some of those players look. But Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard this year, and some of these other players that have developed under the Clippers were like, Hey, this is a very good developmental program. And then you look at the Lakers, who for years had all these star, or not, I'm not going to say star, but had players that had amazing potential, and now they're on other teams doing great. Mm-hmm. Like, Trez and Kuzma have the Wizards in the first seed in the East right now. Brandon Ingram, I believe, it had, uh, is an all-star caliber player on the Pelicans, and the only reason he's if he's not is because he's in Zion's shadow and Zion's got a very big shadow at this moment. Um, and Lonzo has had a decent career. He got a shot kind of figured out in Pelican land. And now he's a very decent 
player on the Bulls with Caruso there. And DeRozan, who I'm not going to say is a former Laker, but you probably could have had him if you wanted him. (laughs) He wanted to come back to L.A. And you decided, like, let's just dump our load on getting Russell Russell Westbrook. And it's like, why? You, You needed outside shooting and you got and you traded all the players that did that somewhat okay for you mm-hmm. and you brought in this guy so wow. i just thrown it out there i know this isn't the uh la lakes uh forum podcast but <laughs> i just find it interesting that you know it's just it's i i understand what you're saying and we're on this topic so but it's kind of weird that they have this like this mentality of win now win now we have this talent we need to do something with it and we need to get star players. So they just ship everything out, you know, to get that talent, uh, to get those star players. It, it's a, it's a weird mentality to have. I don't know if it's because they have like uh, such a championship filled, you know, history um, that they feel their fans cannot wait, you know, two more seasons for these guys to develop into the players that they could be do you think or they a, are right now. I'm going to ask you, do you think it's a combination of both? Cause I, do you think it's a combination that you have LeBron there who's a very like, hey, I'm not going to waste my time. You bring in players to help us win now. Or do you think it's a Laker thing from pressure from their fan base saying, hey, we need to win now. Like We can't be patient. Because in my opinion, if you told me you were going to win the NBA bubble championship and then you're going to keep that core and then if LeBron decides to retire or not sign a new contract – you have Anthony Davis still there with that core. And then you can mix match some stuff around to be able to get another player to play with Anthony Davis down the line. You have a solid group of players that could be like, oh, this is five to 10 years down the line of what we could do the mix match and bring in players. And when I mean by 10 years, I don't mean this is the team they'll have in 10 years, but the pieces you have will be able to create that team in 10 years. Mm-hmm. But with but it seems odd that you basically was like, we're just going to bring in these, these three guys who all have injury histories, and then we're going to have six to seven guys on veteran minimum contracts. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, this is our team. And then, you're, <laughs> and, then, and then you're frustrated when people are hurt or you're frustrated when everyone's wearing street clothes or you're frustrated when things – and the thing is they're playing fine. Carmelo Anthony's better than what we expected and all that, but – it just seems odd because it's just like, what, what, what are you going to do when this experiment's over? Are, are, because I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure, and maybe this is the difference between Clipper fans and Laker fans. Clipper fans, I believe, have this mentality of uh, at least we're not the worst team in the league still, right? Like yeah. we, we've had a history of being the worst team. Whereas the Lakers, they have a different window. It's like their window of not being good is, is like fine because they're always going to get back into that window of winning a championship. Whereas us, we're just like, hey, we're just trying to stay above water and hopefully we win one. You know, it's it's like you're setting your team up to be put back in a position where you're going to be like, hey, hopefully Lonzo Ball pans out. Hopefully Brandon Ingram pans out. You're going to be put in that same position in four or five years. And it's just, I don't know, it just seems very, it's just, I don't know, we spend a lot of time on that, but I just feel like yeah, since, well, since, you since, know, since we have a platform. So. But you know, but you know what, let's pick you off that. Let's not make it about Lakers, but let's talk about like our fan base. And I feel from what I've seen from Twitter and Reddit, we are really patient with players. Like we're, we're patient with T-Man uh, who's having a really good season so far. 
it's mm-hmm. really quiet, but it's really good. And like, yeah. uh, uh, Kennard, um, I feel like we embrace Hardenstein, uh, right. Eric Bledsoe. I mean, in the beginning, people were complaining, but a good amount of people were supportive for Eric Bledsoe. Give him some time. He's he's just getting into the system. Um, Hey, it's uh, it's Eric Bledsoe. Hey, man, thank you for, uh, <laughs> the, the, for saying some good things about him. Um, what was getting at? I, I just feel like we have a really good supportive system that we uh, are okay with players taking. Uh, we're patient with players taking their time to develop. And, and again, piggybacking off of that, actually, is like the, the Patrick Beverly tribute video, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we who was Patrick Beverly? He was a guy who was not always available. He wasn't the best player on the team usually, but like he was the heart and soul of the Clippers. And we were super sad to see him go. We we're super happy to see him this last Saturday. Uh, he seemed like he was moved by the video as well, and it it just shows you that like when you're on this team, we love you. And if we really don't like you, we'll let you know for a fact. And we're talking, I'm talking about you, Rondo. Like we were just <laughs> like, Hey, you, you, you better pan out, you know? And, and the fact that you did it, we we're like, all right, get it, get out of here. And yeah, just like, we really, we like our role players. And, um, and I think that's what makes it so sad. Cause like, I think a lot of times when we're talking about like, Hey, what's bringing a third big player mean well i think the whole clipper community is like yeah but i don't want to trade anybody yeah i like this team and i want this team i want this team to win i don't want that's just to bring in somebody and then we're we don't have these players because we get excited when luke Kennard comes in we get excited when terrence Mann comes in we get excited when harnstein makes an awesome pass like you want to take that away from this fan base we don't want to see that we just want to make we just want to be put in the best position where we can win with our guys mm-hmm. and so yeah no. I that being said, though, if if Moot can't get his knee to work, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no hard feelings, man. Uh, Nothing. Not but but there's something we need to talk about from the Wolves game, and I feel like uh, this this podcast has been very fun, and but we need to we need to talk about something serious. So this guy, and I think me and Jesse enjoyed this a lot more than. The, our podcast listeners are going to. <laughs> but, <laughs> so this guy, I think, is it at the end of the third quarter, or is it like halfway through? Maybe it's at during a, a timeout. There, this guy has to shoot X amount of shots. He's shooting from the free throw line. His form is, yeah, <laughs> and he misses every free throw, right? And then there's a money ball shot. It's a golden basketball. He makes this three. He gets five thousand dollars. He makes it. The crowd goes crazy. I, th- you know what? Kudos. You know, if I could get five thousand dollars, I'd love to have five thousand dollars too. But I turn to Jet. I turn to Jesse real quick, and I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, but I think his foot was on the line. <laughs> right? Yep. You're right. So we pictured <laughs> Steve Ballmer, and I think one of our ongoing jokes is Steve Ballmer being the richest uh, owner and, you know, giving a bunch of money to the arena and doing all these projects, but finding those moments where Steve Ballmer is like extremely cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so we pictured, and you even added to the joke earlier today when we were discussing that it's like Steve Ballmer was in the shadows. <laughs> like he's waiting for the guy to come like back, uh, back in the, I don't know what it would be like the locker room space or something. Yeah the tunnel and steve bomber's there and he's like 
he, he shakes his hand. He's like, hey, man, what a sh- good shot. Good shot. And he's holding the check. And I picture him holding the check like, you know, how some people hold cigarettes with their two fingers. But he's holding the $5,000 check with his two fingers and it's folded, right? And he looks like he's about to give it to him. And he's like, you know what, man? I would love to give this to you, but your foot was on the line. <laughs> And the guy's like, oh, man. It's like, hey, you know, the bomber should still give him the money. Like, Sorry, man. I just can't do it. Rules are rules? <laughs> yeah, rules are rules. I'm, I'm a stickler? <laughs> yeah, I'm a stickler for the rules, you know. So, so then he's like, I'll give you this, though. <laughs> and what does he give him, Jesse? He gives him an expired coupon. <laughs> it's not expired. <laughs> it's not expired yet. It expires today? Like tonight? Yeah, it expired, like. <laughs> I don't know how late Chick-fil-A's are open in LA, but I'm assuming that they're not open super late. And I would even make the hot, uh, maybe, is there a Chick-fil-A in the downtown area? I would, I don't think so. Is there? I know there's one in Hollywood. I haven't seen one, but maybe, but people who know more about downtown LA could tell me. So the date was, <laughs> the date was November 13th. So the, the coupon says, expires november 13th <laughs> so basically steve Ballmer is like hey man if you leave the game now <laughs> you might be able to use this <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is like it's not even like a, a free sandwich it's like uh yeah. you buy one <laughs> get this one half off <laughs> right? like, she has to buy the entire combo and then he gets an additional <laughs> and it's not even cut it's not even cut up it's like he's like folded and licked it like, <laughs> yeah really- like he didn't even cut the coupon <laughs> <laughs> he did the licking and then he ripped it. He's like, here you go, sport. <laughs> it's still damp when he gives it to him. <laughs> and, and then the guy's just sitting there, like, oh man. And he's like, hey man, good shot though. And like, <laughs> gives him like a fish. Like, you know, the guy has his arm down holding the coupon, but then like Steve Bomber does that like fist jab, like uh, out, out the, with the hanging arm. That's not, he's like, he's not even lifting it up. He's like, all right, man, uh, good shot, man. Uh, we're not even talking about the Pat Bev tribute story. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're just like, <laughs> we, we, we need to talk about the Steve Bomber joke. That was uh, uh dude, we were crying so when we had that in our head, we were just crying so much. We were, I was like crying from laughters. Um but we mentioned the tribute video and how do you feel about the tribute video? I really uh, felt like it should have been in the beginning. I think it's such a me and you that they did the national anthem, which we're just like, all right, that's fine. Like, <laughs> like okay, America's cool and all, but like, all right, well, where's that Pat Bev <laughs> tribute video, right? Like if we're really pledging allegiance to is that a, <laughs> uh, if we're pledging to something, you know, it'd be Pat Bev, right? He's he's yeah. he's, he's our dude. I, I, yeah, I agree. I'm in the Pat Bev army, so it should have been right before the Timberwolves announced their their um their line, or right after that they do the the Timberwolves lineup, and then all yeah. of a sudden they show the Pat Bev video. I don't know, maybe this ran out of time. Maybe there's like, hey, uh, we don't have time for that three minute video, you know. Uh, Bally Sports has uh, got us on the clock right here. Well, it'd be really awkward too because, like, they do the intro for their start for Clipper starters, you know, our start our starters, and then mm-hmm. they do it for the Timberwolves. No, no, they do the Timberwolves first, and then they do the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I would have waited for both them to do a lineup and then do it there where everything's dark, you know. I think, I think it would have been cool. Like, everyone's kind of going to midcourt already, and you know, people are you know doing the thing, and then all of a sudden they show it. 
and because I'll I'll be honest, I don't know. Maybe this was tinfoil hat here. I like how they showed it during a timeout where Pat Bev is like looking up at it, kind of, but he's also like having to hear his coach talk. I think they were just trying to distract Pat Beverly. The defensive assignment. So yeah, like they're like, hey, you know. But yeah, it was cool. I I really enjoyed it. I got emotional. I didn't cry, but I I probably would have um, if I if I didn't have to be you know be a strong guy in front of my boy, you know. But <laughs> even though you're putting your arms around me, uh. <laughs> well, we're too okay. I don't know. I I'm really looking forward to the new Clippers Arena because those seats are pretty tight. I mean, you need a lot of thigh room. So there's just the kind of like get into it a little bit. I had to put my arm around you a few times, you know, just so like I can lean into you. Cause if we're going shoulder to shoulder, that's not a lot of, that's a lot of waste of space there. I know LAFC likes the shoulder to shoulder thing, but like, I don't think they were really considering people who of the, are, are chubby, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was a good time. Um, it's, it's a bummer that we don't have Pat Bev on this team anymore, but he knows what he meant to us, uh, to the Clipper fans, and it was a good send off. I liked the video. Do you um, think Eric Bledsoe went off against the Timberwolves because he almost got to- he almost got a double double? Do you? Oh, yeah, do, you yeah. do you think he he went off because he's like, all right, you know, okay. Do, do you think Eric Bledsoe <laughs> got a tribute video when he was on the when he's on the team and he came back? I don't. That was I don't like think so. that was like <laughs> eight years ago or something like that. Or so I, I, I don't. Ago. I don't think you get a tribute video from the Suns when you tweeted when you tweet. I don't want to be here no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have done the same too. Imagine you have to wake up in 110 degree weather just to like go uh, shoot around with a team that's gonna go 17 and like. 50 something (laughs) (laughs) that that was weird because that was the era where they had like a three pretty good point guards right they had isaiah thomas eric bledstow and who was the third one i don't know it was a white point guard steve nash still wasn't there right no that was was after that right no someone else no, oh, whatever. It's, this isn't about the Phoenix Suns. Screw the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> the, the Phoenix Suns for him. <laughs> but it, it was a great game. Uh, we enjoyed it. Uh, you got you got a cop. You got a lot of compliments for your canoes uh, jacket, which I'm really and, jelly of. And you got compliments for your Jake Barnes shirt. So, dang right. So, so some guy went up to me and was like, "Hey, man, good sweater." And then I turned to you and I was like, "I don't think that's just a right word." <laughs> Like, if it was, I would have said something. <laughs> but I just let him walk off. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was great. Um, I think you want to get into the to the G League. Yeah, let's let's knock this out. So, we, we've talked a lot today. Um, yeah. So, Aga Caliente Clippers, they're actually going to start playing a game in about 10 minutes. So, which, you know, this is real time here. Um, <clears throat> Keon Johnson, though. Sprained his ankle. I hope he recovers fast because my guy was killing it in the first two games. He and he only played 17 minutes in the second game, but that's because he twisted his ankle. But he had he was shooting six from six on the field and he had 12 points. And in the first game, he got 24 points and shot 10 for 14 on the field. And this is the guy that everyone was like, yeah, he might be good on defense, but is he really going to bring anything to the team? My guy was so efficient. He was automatic. When he had the ball in his hands, I was like, oh, yeah, we're we're doing this. 
And when he could get back on his feet again, I I really do think he's going to be moving up to the main ro- the the main roster or <laughs> that, that's wrestling talk, the main team <laughs> uh, at some point. Because like we're eventually going to go through stretches where we're going to start sending players. Some players are going to get sore. Or we're going to start sending some of our role players. You know, we're going to go through a lot of stretches in the next month or two. I do think Keon's going to get a lot of run, and I do believe he'll be able to showcase his talents. Hopefully, he can do it in front of an NBA crowd just as much as he's doing it in front of these G League crowds. But, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about uh, Serge Ibaka? How's he looking now? <clears throat> um, in the first half of the game he was at, I was kind of uh, – he still looks slow. You know, like he's allowing people to kind of – match up with him down low when you would think he he wouldn't you know you think he'd just be dominating out there he'd be like Shaq in the 90s but uh no I think some teams were matching up with him pretty well but then I think once he got comfortable and he started getting more minutes in I do think he started looking like the, the surge of old but I I'll, my here's my talk uh, my talk my my take I'm on the high heart wave with you I don't think he's playing better than Isaiah Harnstein at this moment though like I would if he wants to be down there as long as he wants, then cool. Because, like, at this point, I wouldn't replace any Hartenstein minutes with Ibaka minutes. Yeah, I think the only thing uh, Hart- the only thing Ibaka brings is uh, he opens the court, you know, because he can't shoot the three. But we just saw Iyahart bank. He didn't bank. He swished mm-hmm. a three-point shot, you know, against the Timberwolves. So, you know what? He, he got that dude's $5,000 that, that Bomber was going <laughs> to like bombers like yo heart come here come here come here that guy had us put online you you and i were like discussing this and like the center situation is so much better this season than what it was last season serge abaca was gone all we had was you and we had to play small ball with um um but you know and now we have giles who's playing great you know in the g league we have Isaiah Hardenstein, who's playing phenomenal in the second unit. Um, and then we have, you know, Ibaka. Zoo. We, we have Ibaka and technically Morris, technically, yeah, when he decides to come back and Batum could play a little bit of, I wouldn't put necessarily put Batum at the five, but he, no, could, guard, he could guard the five, you yeah. know, like he could guard some centers. Yeah, you can't, you can't really put that on Batum. He's not that young. So you yeah. definitely want to, reserve that energy for the playoffs, <laughs> you know, where he can excel um, or in short spurts, you know, but yeah, it's really good. It's a really good situation to have uh, for the LA Clippers. Um, I'm okay with just having Zoom and Isaiah Harnenstein, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I am too. And like, we'll see, we'll see how the season goes. Cause I do like Ibaka a lot, but if we, we were always under this idea that it's either zoo or Ibaka. Mm-hmm. And now we're at this point where it's like, well, you know, Hartenstein's playing well. Like, yeah, he has his limitations, but when we play, when we get into playoffs, it's not like we're going to want to give our second center a ton of minutes either, you know? Yeah. So Hartenstein plays well enough for the minutes he's in. And I do think Ibaka's better at protecting the rim and he is better from the outside, but uh, I'm okay with Harnstein. <laughs> <Let's start that laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and bottom uh, and Brandon Boston is shooting great. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
And can we possibly see the AC Clippers win the G League championship? Who Who is your G League uh, finals MVP if the Agua Caliente Clippers were going to win? Ooh, Who's your that's, favorite? That's tough. I don't think Ibaka is going to be there all season. I do think Keon's going to play a good portion of the games, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, like someone like Jay Scrub really defines his role there because he's a two-way player. He's going to play in as many AC Clipper games as he can. I I wouldn't be surprised if Keon or Brandon goes moves up, you know? So I there might be a point where, like, the G League playoffs start and then all these great players that played for us are not playing because they're they have important roles on the main team. So I don't know. So, but if I had to make a, I would say Jay Scrub because it feels like he's for sure going to be there. I like that all prediction. Right. Yeah. You have any more thoughts before we go? Mm, mm, go Clippers. Go Clippers. Clamps Canard. That's all I'm saying. Clamps, <laughs> Clamps Canard. All right. All right, guys, have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us uh, wherever you follow or wherever you find podcasts, wherever you follow podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, and follow us on uh, Twitter at LA Clips Forum. And yeah, we're out.